and good morning. The time is 9.05 and it is time for Ask the Professionals, brought to you by Phelps Health and Paige Heitman is here. Good morning. Good morning, Al. How you doing? Very well, thank you. Great. So we're really glad to be here. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Phelps Health Ask a Professional program. Today we have Dr. Dimitri Fimiltsa, Phelps Health cardiologist, to today's program. So welcome. Hello. We're really glad to have you here. So before we get started about our um, topics today, we have a couple of different questions. Dr. Fomiltsev, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about um, your background and why you chose to work at Phelps Health? Um, I'm originally from uh, uh, a, a great country of Russia. Um, that's where I grew up. Um, I've been living in the United States for the past uh, 12 or 13 years. Um, I, I came here originally after I was done with my medical school uh, back um, in Russia, and uh, I did, um, um, I did uh, a graduate school here first. Actually, um, was um, um, working on um, a project actually far from cardiology. It was a, a, a Alzheimer's research, as very interested to me at the time. Um, and then I kind of got interested uh, in uh, cardiology through some of the friends that I actually met at the gym. Uh, they got, they talked to me, they were, they were actually uh, attending cardiologists, they were talking to me about that, and uh, I, was, I thought how cool that uh, specialty is, and I started working on, on becoming a cardiologist, and um, uh, it worked, worked out well for me. Um, I, I went to residency at the University of Louisville, and um, uh, finished my fellowship at the University of Arizona, and, and now I'm here. <laughs> and now you're in Missouri. <laughs> Lucky you. Well, people, people, in Ari- people, my friends in Arizona, when they found out that I'm moving to Missouri, knowing from that I came from residency in Kentucky, um, they've never been. Some of them never been here, and they said, "Oh, you're going back home." I'm like, "It's not really the same state." They're like, "It's the same state." <laughs> <laughs> the whole Midwest is just one big That's state. That's for them, yes. <laughs> so before we get started talking about today's really kind of complex topic of secondary causes of hypertension and difficult to control hypertension, tell us a little bit about what type of services you offer as a cardiologist at Phelps Health. Uh, well, we see. Uh, and people with uh, a big range of, of um, uh, cardiovascular conditions. Um, we uh, help people with hypertension, very common the topic that we're going to talk, uh, talk about today. We help people with uh, um, heart attacks, to prevent heart attacks, if they already had heart attacks, to prevent another one, different types of rhythm disorders. We help people with uh, uh, veins and artery blockages um, and uh, poor circulation. Um, really a, a, a very large scope of, of patients that, that we are seeing. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty broad scope. So maybe to give us a little bit of background, can you tell us what hypertension itself is? Hypertension is, is um, uh, mostly known as high blood pressure. Uh, it's um, a, a very common condition when um, there, you, your body is supposed to uh, supply blood to every organ system to, for a, a person to function properly. Uh, and uh, sometimes... Um, um, and, and, and that's regulated by the volume of the blood, by how hard squeezes, um, and how stiff your arteries are. Well, with time, any of those parameters can change, and your blood pressure numbers can go up, and they can go up significantly, which ultimately is not good for um, uh, any of the organ systems in a human body. 
So it sounds like hypertension really is a, a very complex issue and a lot of people struggle with it. And there are many different potential management options. So cardiologists like Dr. Fimiltsev, they're frequently consulted by primary care physicians to help co-manage this, this really common health issue. So now that we've kind of defined what hypertension is, let's talk about secondary causes of hypertension or difficult to manage hypertension. How is it different from normal hypertension? Yeah, as you said, uh, hypertension is really uh, a, a common um, uh, issue and primary care physicians are usually great at managing those. Majority of patients um, are uh, okay with just being on one or two medications and they're able to control their blood pressure for, um, for a while, a majority of their lives. Um, but um, in, in, in minority of patients, which about 5% of patients, there, there are some other causes of the hypertension that um, need to be investigated because if we know what's causing their high blood pressure, we can treat it uh, uh, and um, get rid of the blood, high blood pressure altogether. And what are some of those health problems that can arise from these secondary causes of hypertension? Well, any hypertension, especially secondary hypertension, because it's a little bit more kind of malignant, can cause uh, complications in a long term. For example, if you offend your vessels with very high blood pressure for a while, the vessel can outpouch and become weak. The walls of the vessels become, um, uh, become weaker with time and it can cause aneurysms. Uh, the aneurysms are the growth or outgrowth of the part of the weakened part of the artery that can bust, that can bleed, and actually a very detrimental um, thing. It, it can happen in the brain, it can happen inside the thoracic cavity, in aorta, it can happen pretty much anywhere. But probably brain and, and the aorta ones are the most dangerous. And something else that I think is really interesting is that there's a difference between systolic and diastolic hypertension. What does that even mean? There is an upper and lower number that uh, patients uh, refer to, and uh, both, of it, uh, both of those numbers are important. Uh, one number, systolic number, is, um, de depends on um, how much blood is in your vessels, how much um, heart pumps blood out of the vessels um, with the strength of the blood that ejected to the vessels. And the second part depends on the stiffness of the arteries itself. With, with, why, why do so many people have uh, hypertension with um, uh, getting older? Is because our vessels get older. We have a lot of more calcium deposition inside the arteries. Arteries become stiffer. They do not relax or accommodate that blood ejection into them as easily and it leads to the higher blood pressure numbers. So with patients who are older, is there any way that they can help mitigate those risks at all? Can they exercise? Can they have a better diet? Absolutely, I think the first thing you, anybody, primary care or cardiologist should talk to uh, their patients in the office is the lifestyle um, and uh, how the lifestyle affects the uh, blood pressure. Um, because ultimately blood pressure affects um, um, a lot of organs can cause heart failure, can cause arrhythmias, uh, it can cause strokes. Um, those, are, those are really, really big problems that uh, are detrimental, obviously. Uh, so um, eating healthy, uh, as uh, you know, anybody, everybody heard that at least once in their life. Right? <laughs> uh, and uh, by eating healthy, we mean uh, consuming less salt. Salt definitely was found to be associated with uh, uh, elevated blood pressure. 
eat more vegetables and fruits. We promote what we call a Mediterranean or DASH diet, which are similar. Uh, a Mediterranean diet is basically uh, a, a diet that full of vegetables, fruits, um, whole grains, nuts of course not those are the one the one that have overload on salt on them uh, and, and less salt less processed meat all those processed meats have a lot of salt in it um, I think part um, uh, part of the answer why these diets are so um, um, useful in controlling blood pressure is not only because this there's less sodium content but it's also a lot of potassium in many of those vegetables and fruits and potassium supplement, um, increased potassium intake, actually was found to have a positive effect on control of the blood pressure. Your blood pressure will be lower if you eat more potassium. Uh, and it actually, somebody did a study and they shown that a potassium, an increased potassium intake um, leads to less um, chance of having a stroke. Mm. And this is going to be really hard for some people to hear, but whenever he talks about processed meat, he means bacon. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> that's one of those processed I meats. Think, I think that a lot, a lot of people just switch the, 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 the radio channel. to. <laughs> <laughs> they Can they have right. turkey bacon, or is that still just as bad? I think... Um, I think it's not bacon is not a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, problem is the amount of salt that that's in it. In it. Uh, outside of uh, that, I mean, there's a lot of of course bacon is fat. Yeah. Not all fat is bad, but saturated processed fat is mm -hmm. actually very bad for your arteries. It causes worsening lipid um, or cholesterol levels, which ultimately gets into your vessels, uh, can cause heart attacks and all uh, and, and all the problems that's related to it. Also, processed meats, such bacon, uh, for example, uh, outside of the cardiology scope, uh, was found to have an association with things like colon cancer. If you eat a lot of processed meat, your chance of uh, colon cancer, in particular, is found to be higher. If you eat a lot of red meat, too, does, does that affect your chances of getting cancer later in life? Uh, it does. I think uh, there's some research that suggests that a lot of red meat consumption can cause colon, can, can increase the chance of colon cancer as well. Gotcha. Dimitri, I had a quick question for you. Now, aside from diet and uh, the consumption of bananas to help you with your potassium intake, can heart disease also be related to your mental state and the way that you deal with stress? Um, stress definitely plays a, a big role in, uh, the, in the blood pressure. Uh, and uh, controlling stress is an easy term, but it's not easy to achieve. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of uh, uh, studies that showed, you know, um, that people who um, are angrier at the baseline, they you know, take things too seriously, have stressful jobs, they have more blood pressure issues, more strokes, more heart attacks. Mm -hmm. Uh, controlling that definitely will help. How to achieve it? It's another. It's another question. It's it's very it's very difficult. And then to, coming back to the top to the beginning of your um, uh, question, um, I've never mentioned bananas. Uh, I think you put in the mouth, <laughs> words in my mouth. <laughs> bananas have a lot of potassium in that. That's great. But people often forget that bananas are nothing but carbohydrates. And consuming a lot of bananas probably will do you more harm than good because you will gain weight. You will gain weight, 
maybe we kind of slowly flow into the uh, other part of our hypertension uh, conversation today. If you gain weight, your blood pressure will go up. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, the, it is definite correlation between an obesity, an obesity epidemic, as we say, especially in this country. We have a um, we have a problem with blood pressure. Um, the heart and vessels were not given to us to pump blood to a 300 pound of tissue. The heart really struggles. It tries to increase blood pressure to deliver more blood to our organ systems. Ultimately, we have all the problems because vessels stay the same. Vessels have to withstand that, um, um, you know, higher, higher, higher blood pressure offense from the, the being constricted all the time. Uh, problem with more blood injecting per minute, and all those problems. So, weight loss is another lifestyle modification mm-hmm. that we always talk in the clinic about. Um, in general, two pounds of weight loss considered to, to be an equivalent of reducing your blood pressure by one millimeter mercury. So if you think about this, you lost 20 pounds, you reduced your average blood pressure by 10 millimeters mercury, which for some people may, may be all that's needed and they may not require medications mm-hmm. to help them go from 140s, which bad, to 130s, which still bad, but not as bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what, what are the currently recommended blood pressure like targets for males versus females? What range should we be in? Uh, it's constantly changing, uh, but the latest sprint trial that uh, investigated a lot of people uh, to see if uh, a tighter blood pressure control um, correlates to a better outcomes down the line actually shown that tighter blood pressure control is better 120 over 80 are the numbers that everybody needs to remember that's probably what they want to see in a spaceman before sending them to uh, to an open space uh, if the blood pressure lower than that and uh, and and that person feels great that's good the lower your blood pressure that you tolerate is better in fact very well trained athletes probably have blood pressure lower than 120 over 80 because they, they because their vessels are trained and they will go into that hibernating state when they're not uh-huh. running or jumping um, the one th- uh, anything over 85 on the diastolic on the lower part is considered to be bad uh, anything over 130 is considered to be bad when we tr- when when do we start controlling the blood pressure that depends on your risk factors if a person already had a stroke, a heart attack, mm-hmm. a blockage somewhere in their or aneurysm or, or any problems with their heart, heart failure, then we need to control their blood pressure tighter. It should be below 130 over 85, as close as 120 to 80. If the person never had any issues and he came to you for a recommendations on the primary prevention, uh, you calculate their risk factor. It's called ASCVD or atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease risks. And if their risk is more than 10%, they have to, we have to control their blood pressure tighter because the risks of uh, an adverse event such as heart attack, stroke, or or, or heart failure is higher. If their their risk is less than ten percent, then we can we can try lifestyle modifications first: mm-hmm. diets, exercise. We didn't talk about the exercise, running, yeah. resistant exercise. All reduce your blood. All shown to be reducing reducing your blood pressure. Weight loss. All those uh, lifestyle modification can be chosen before choosing the medication dose, depending on the blood pressure levels. If your blood pressure over 140 or mm-hmm. 85, you 
you you want you to you to do a lifetime medication and at least one medication to control it to get it at least into one thirties over eighties range. Mm-hmm. Wow. No, I was going <laughs> to actually thank him for uh, clarifying <laughs> things about the bananas because my general information would be if somebody says you need more potassium. Boom, I just think of bananas naturally, you know? Mm-hmm. But that is incredible information that I didn't really even consider. Think avocados be better. <laughs> okay. Well, better. Eat a lot of those. Have a yeah. lot of pota- have a lot mm-hmm. of potassium and that and, and less, you know, and, 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 and a lot of good oils too that also prevent you from having atherosclerosis and all that bad stuff. So how can patients or just anybody in the general audience kind of correctly track their blood pressure at home? Because I know a lot of people like to do that. It's a very important topic to discuss. Um, I think um, blood pressure measurements are not perfect. Our blood pressure is is given to us to um, vary throughout the day. It's high in the morning. I always tell my patients, do not necessarily check your blood pressure right away when you just opened your eyes. Why? Because your blood pressure is supposed to be higher during morning hours. If it was low as it was low during the nighttime, you would never wake up. You need a higher blood pressure to get up and get going. Um, The blood pressure um, checks in all the studies, including sprint studies that we mentioned, it's in a quiet room. They let patients sit in a quiet room in a dark room for five minutes or more before they check their blood pressure three times and they average it. Well, nobody ever did this in my clinic. You, you know, we do and we're going, we're going about our things. We just heard bad or exciting news. Uh, you know, we didn't wait five minutes or half an hour. We sat down, we checked our blood pressure, our blood pressure should be higher. That is why it's so important to ask your patients to check their blood pressure at home for at least a couple weeks before the next appointment and not make the decision on changing their medication or starting them on medication just based on the office one-time snapshot number. When they came to our office for the first time, we have to check their blood pressures on both arms uh, and and average average them. Um, when When they come to our office, their blood pressure is often higher than it is at home. It's called white coat hypertension. Nobody, <laughs> I think nobody, we all have that. Yeah. <laughs> very, a lot of people do have it, and they come to a doctor, they, it's, the, it's a new doctor, they don't know what to expect, they worry about their health, they talk to people with the registration they don't want to talk to. They talk to a guy next to him, 19-year-old. <laughs> Al and I are like right on the same page with this. Yeah. Your blood pressure will be higher. It's a stress. The stress is not necessarily stress that, you know, somebody died or you heard of bad news. Anything that's new to us is a stress, and we respond appropriately with elevating our blood pressure. So home blood pressure monitoring mm-hmm. is what we Frequently, it was what I use in my clinic all the time when I when when I talk about blood pressure, whether patient is already on medications or not. I say, go home, check your blood pressure. Usually, I ask them to check it an hour after they took their morning dose of medication, and then one more time before they go to sleep. And uh, they at least a couple times a day for two weeks, they bring me the log. I look at that log, and that log can tell me is their blood pressure really bad what time of the day the blood pressure works Mm -hmm. how can i change the medications around to make this better 
So it sounds like one of the best tools for tracking our blood pressure is to make sure that we keep a journal. Like we are our best advocate whenever we go into the doctors. That is correct. Also, you want to make sure that your blood pressure cuff that you got from Walmart is actually working correctly. You put it correctly and that the blood pressure cuff is the right size. I always recommend my, my new patients to bring their blood pressure machine and their cuff to their next appointment so that we could correlate our very well calibrated mm -hmm. machine in the office to theirs. And not infrequently, we find a big discrepancy. I mean, 10 millimeter mercury is a big discrepancy. Yeah. And I was just going to add, uh, you know, the fear of the unknown is sometimes the reason why we do ask other people and we start to anticipate what we could hear. So most of the time, you'll try to, you know, trick your own mind to, you know, plan for the worst, you know, hope for the best. So I think that that's what kind of plays yeah. in the normal thing with, you know, people like myself who aren't so understanding of how, how this works. Correct. <laughs> and what's funny is we had um, a clinical psychologist, Dr. Rachman, a while back in 2019, and he talked about mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if maybe practicing mindfulness at home can help reduce our stress levels and if that has an effect on our cardiovascular health. It probably does. Unfortunately, none of the studies consistently showed that um, things like yoga, meditation, mm -hmm. acupuncture really helps to reduce your blood pressure levels. Um, I probably, there are probably no a big randomized controlled trials such as we do on the medications, uh, but, um, but the data is inconsistent. I think if you are a warrior, if you are um, known to have an anxiety issues, panic attacks, if you react to even small stressful stimulus uh, with, with too much of excitement, if you wish, it is a good idea to touch base with either primary care or a cardiologist, know your blood pressure numbers, know that your blood pressure can be extreme. In those people, blood pressure can be extremely high during the episodes of stress. Mm -hmm. I think I tell my patients just knowing that every time you worry about something unnecessarily, you actually have an organic problem, like cause, you can cause a problem with your body, heart mm -hmm. failure, aneurysm, stroke, you name it, just from elevating your blood pressure so much. Knowing that may help patients to rethink sometimes is it war is it worth worrying about this thing mm -hmm. i'm really my blood pressure is super high now that's why my heart is jumping out of my chest that's why i have a really bad headache that's why sometimes i have vision changes when i'm really excited or upset is because my blood pressure is so high knowing that may help them to maybe reconsider some things in life you mean like being on social media maybe too much? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, especially nowadays. Yeah. Get rid of all of it. Yeah, forget it. Right. <laughs> Just get on Pinterest and send yourself motivational quotes. There you go. <laughs> so you talked about a, a blood pressure cuff from Walmart. So what are some of the best tools that we can use to track our blood pressure at home? Or is there a certain place that we should be buying our blood Pressure no, uh, and I, I didn't want to make any, any advertisement or uh -huh. advertisement to anything. I think for the majority of the part, any pharmacy that sells blood pressure cuffs, those blood pressure blood pressure machines and cuffs, they are good. Um, but there's, you know, there are um, things that are meant to be broken, not working well, not calibrated. 
besides the arm size is different in every person. So, mm -hmm. and, and, and there are different cuff sizes that actually are recommended for different uh, size of the arms because if your cough is too small, your blood pressure will be read as falsely high. That's so that mm. that's how all those all those little intricacies are very important, and that's why that's why you know doctors come into play and help help you to to think about those little things that you know, just regular person don't don't even know about. So we're running a little low on time, but I do have one important question I want to ask. What tools do Phelps Health cardiologists have at their disposal to help diagnose and treat secondary or difficult to manage hypertension? When patients come to me as a cardiologist and I suspect a secondary or well, sometimes we call it malignant or difficult to control hypertension, primary care is here at Phelps are great. Sometimes they try struggle. They put patients on four, sometimes five blood pressure medications and it doesn't work. They ask me for help. Hey, what else can be done? What else are, could, could be missed? Why this patient suddenly have blood pressures in 200 range and it doesn't get better on four medications? Well, we can, the three most common reasons for secondary, high, secondary blood pressure are uh, obesity and sleep apnea. It's renovascular disease, blockages in the arteries going to your, to your uh, kidneys, and um, primary hyperaldosteronism. That's a hormone that released by our adrenals that retains sodium and retains fluid in our body and elevates blood pressure by it. So we can help with uh, checking uh, echocardiogram, renal ultrasound, MRIs of the um, aorta and aortic tree CT scans can help us to figure out other blockages how thick is your heart how much damage did you do to your heart already or haven't yet uh, it's also very helpful sometimes blood pressure is 200 been going on for a year or two you look at their echocardiogram the heart is in a perfect condition it means that something abruptly changed that this is more acute than chronic something's changed recently in their blood pressure because over time if your blood pressure been high like that for years your heart should be thick heart is a muscle it hypertrophies just like any muscle heart has to work harder bump against higher resistance get thicker so all those tools are available to us and uh, we know how to use them and we know how to make conclusions uh, majority of the times from those <laughs> tests to help our, us guide the best available um, treatment. So it sounds like we have some pretty awesome care available to us in the community. Thank you so much for being here today. You were super knowledgeable, and I know I learned a lot. Um, we've been speaking today with Dr. Dmitry Fomiltsev, a cardiologist with Phelps Health Medical Group. Dr. Fomiltsev currently sees patients in Suite 500 of the Phelps Health Medical Office building. Please call 364-9000 to make an appointment. If you missed part of the show or would like to listen to it again, go ahead and visit phelpshealth.org. Thanks so much, everybody.